0: It's uh, AD here with the podcast around better people, better business. Um, Lovely to have you listening. Uh, Always a pleasure to be able to share some stuff with you. And today I have the absolute delight and pleasure of having uh, this fine gentleman on board, Callum McCurdy. Uh, Just as a bit of a brief intro before I let Callum grab the mic, Um, Callum's a speaker, a coach and a facilitator who helps teams and leaders think differently together And he really does, and we'll get to that during our conversation. Um, Callum is dyslexic and ADHD positive. He's an experienced HR expert. He works with dedicated HR leaders to deliver the full potential of the people profession into organisations. He works with his clients to create radically authentic workplaces, and again, bracket, he really does. Uh, By seizing the opportunities brought about by diverse minds and personalities that already exist in teams, and leveraging his HR expertise to coach HR practitioners to lift their performance. Um, and I think it's... Uh, so welcome, Callum. Thanks,
1: AD. Nice before, be race,
0: before I race, I keep babbling on. It's an absolute delight to have you. And i say before, for those people who are just listening to it, I think it's worth having a look at the video and it's available too to look at Callum's awesome background. <laughs> it's uh, a living, breathing environment, which I particularly love. Um, Callum is coming coming to us from across the ditch. Mm -hmm. He's a proud uh, Kiwi, New Zealand. And uh, not that that is uh, anything other than the fact that I love technology and the fact that we can talk over such amazing distances so easily. Um, Podcast today, Callum, it's all about better people, better business. And um, I'm really interested before we – I mean, we'll just go into the rabbit hole. When you hear that term, better people, better business – how does how does that play out in your in your head and your brain and the work you do?
1: Ooh, um, well, thanks for uh, that intro, You're welcome. and also, um, yeah, oh, we could <coughs> go down many many um, rabbit holes. And if I was sort of professional and had prepared something, given I knew <laughs> that your podcast is called Better People, Better Business, I would have probably thought that surely he's going to ask me um, <laughs> what I what I what I think that means. Well, what it means. Like I think ultimately, and I love the way you've put better people before mm. the better business, because the mm. better business can't happen without the better people.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think that that the whole concept of um better doesn't happen um without being better together. So how do mm. we um and, and and better like this is the thing with people, you get to define what better is, right? Mm. And uh, there's almost a the, there's probably a double triple meaning in there in terms of um, better people like get some better people into your business right, mm. but also how do we be better people together? I think that's mm. the, the absolute key and probably that's the um, that's the nice uh, segue perhaps or the link the bridge um, to what you mentioned in that uh, that. Um really embarrassing intro that you write know, and you think it's all oh, this is quite profound. And then you hear it read back to you and you go, Oh shit, that's that's crazy. But the radically authentic workplaces yeah. piece is the better people, better business. I think that's that's my it take. Um, and when I say radically authentic, like it's radical because not many businesses or many leaders or many teams, executives, boards, etc., cetera, um, are, are taking the approach that I, I take. Um, and the authenticity piece kind of gets over overdone around um, vulnerability, et cetera. But there's a real need um, in order for people to be better together. We've got to break down some walls and we need mm. the opportunity for people to be themselves Um and, of course, the, you know, the, the third word in, in that, the R-A-W, the workplaces, it all happens in the workplace. And um, my take on, uh, I guess, radically authentic workplaces and better people, better business is um, that we need sort of three, uh, we need to tackle sort of three particular areas. Um, one is um, what I call having a, a catalyst ethos. So how do we serve um, the people we work with? Ahead of serving our customers, uh, because I guess internally the way we treat each other Either uh, amplifies or caps how we treat our customers um, outside or, or external to um, the core of the business. Um, then the next bit is um, around also sort of mentioned in your introduction was thinking differently about different thinking. So how do we harness the power of different thinking? How do we uncover, unlock, and unleash the people who uh, experience the world a wee bit different? Who Um, maybe look at and experience um, a problem a wee bit different so they can actually come up with a different solution Um, that may be the people who traditionally have been the problem children, have been the challenges, have been the people that um, others struggle to get along with, but we've called them sort of geniuses. And so we've put up with bad behavior uh, in order to um, put up with better performance, right? And so, how, how do we harness those uh, sort of people, but also the people who are who hide and, and shirk their um, their authenticity um, because they feel like they don't fit in? Um, they don't know what's going on for them necessarily. They may not have been diagnosed with any sort of neurodivergence um, because eighty percent of neurodiverse people um, are undiagnosed. So they don't know what's going on for them. Um, and, and the third aspect is how do we grow leaders to be unafraid of leading difference, right? Because I think that's where the bottleneck is and in, in people being better together as uh, lots of um, managers have interpreted th- this uh, this concept or this idea around recruit for fit to be uh, recruiting people with minds like mine, people that mm. I get, that I understand, similar backgrounds, experiences. We've worked in similar um uh for similar similar employers being to the same university, studied the same sort of degrees, that sort of thing. And so I get who they are, as opposed to what would be amazing is if we had managers who looked to um to to explore and expand where in their teams we not only converge, but where we diverge as well and make good mm-hmm. use of that. Um, because I think some difference and some conflict and debate and some clash is really, really powerful for people to be better at work and ultimately for business to be better.
0: There's a rant. How did that go? That was that was <laughs> a lot and it was good. <clears throat> so I think people will uh, I, I, I suggest to people it might be well worth a pause, replay and have a listen again. There was a lot of gold in that. Um, you know, very much around... You know, three things. I heard the catalyst, the difference, mm-hmm. um, like so thinking about the catalytic aspect of serving um, and serving team. Yep. If you don't serve your team, the team will never serve the client or the customer terribly well. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact of exploring and engaging with difference
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in a very different way, and I think that's something I'd love to come back to. Yep. Um, And the last one is, around you know, not being afraid to lead and manage in this space, mm. and, and I think that, Interesting again, two skill sets that are uh, different, and possibly is something I will get to ask a question in a minute just around how you see that playing out. But when you talk about, um, yeah, particularly that middle piece, the difference mm-hmm. and um, embracing that difference and and the, in service to others, um, sorry, that's the catalyst, the difference that we're looking for in the team and this whole piece of mirror. Recruiting that we see all the time, where I sit in an interview and gee, I like this person because I'm really just kind of staring in the mirror, um, versus actually asking yeah. and seeking difference. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do people do that, Callum? Like Because it's it's our innate process, and we've seen a lot of sites around this: is that we hire people that we like because yep. people like working with people they like. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: How do you how do you how do you do that differently? Have you got any thoughts on that? Because I agree getting a diversity in your team, and diversity isn't about gender, race, colour, creed. It's and, and different ways of thinking, yeah. and, and, and. How do we do that?
1: Yeah, wow. Well, um, how long have you got? Oh, uh, um, as long as you need. Well, so it's really interesting. Like, um, I, I love all of what you've just said. Like, I love how you've made statements within the question as well. Mm. Um, like that's really important for a, a conversation. And when we... Think about um, diversity, equity, inclusion—that sort of thing. We, look, we think about what's visible, and I'm mm. really interested in what's hidden, like hidden mm. difference. Um, whether that's hidden because of fear, shame, stigma, etc., or it's hidden because um, it's purely of the mind and almost purely of the heart as well. And I think that's what neurodiversity
2: mm. uh,
1: captures. There, there are some, um, there are some behaviours, there are some attitudes, um, there are some ways of. Um, I guess, expressing your humanity and being a character uh, in the world, in the world of work, in the workplace, um, that actually shows up as being different. However, there's a whole lot of difference, which is sort of capped and hidden on, on the inside. And so my quest is around how do we bring that out? How do we yeah. help people show that they have value to give, but also they can feel of value and be valued and be seen Um by just simply being who they naturally are, as opposed to tacking on um, new skills and, and building up um, capability, et cetera. How about we turn the workplace into a place where people thrive in order and, and thrive just being themselves? So that actually work doesn't become work. Like that's mm. ultimately what what the goal is. And so your question around well, how do we, how do we, uh, how do we do that? Like mm. often we do jump to okay. So how do we recruit people? Uh, who are a wee bit um, different to fill some gaps in terms of how we tackle problems and think differently about uh, different thinking. Yet we don't necessarily harness what's already existing in our workplace because every workforce has uh, a cohort, maybe 10, possibly 20% um, which uh, could be considered under this umbrella term of um, neurodivergent, mm-hmm. meaning uh, that you know the the, the big three are uh, dyslexia, ADHD, and autism. But there's also a whole lot of other disses like dyscalculia, dyspraxia, dysgraphia. Um, Tourettes often gets um, pulled under that as well. PTSD, um, post traumatic stress disorder, is also um, linked or or labelled as. Um, a, a neurodiverse category because some events are that traumatic that they actually rewire um, I guess mm. the processing yep. um, of the brain. And so there's a catchall, but none of them are the same. Right. And often there's a, a, a coexistence of um, one, two or, or more of those uh, labels within the one person, which means that everybody's experience is different. Um, and all the labels are also um, quite wrong. Uh, as well, so our understanding <coughs> around what is ADHD uh, is uh, almost entirely uh, wrong. Autism, we tend to think of Rain Man as being stereotypical, and it's not at all right. They're all spectrums, and people have a spectrum of um, of experiences of those as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know used to be referred to as high functioning uh, some of these things and so there's a real there's a there's a what I refer to it like there's a a bell curve and um, those of us who are neurodivergent um, live and work at the ends of the bell curve and we don't harness that enough and so getting back to your original um, question if I sort of circle back to that how do we How do we find these people? What I find is like an interview process, which is nothing like what anybody's job is ever going to be, um, uh, does tap into that sort of affinity bias. And um, how does the person or the panel, generally two or three people, um, they they tend to try to make themselves feel comfortable in what is a really unnatural process for them as well as for the applicant or the candidate. Mm. Um, and so it's just this false economy and false uh, environment. And it's about getting out of it alive for both the panel and the uh, the candidate. And so we do look for, given that we are very tribal and very social, we look for things that are similar. Yeah, um, And they may not be the things that, I mean, they may help us be better people, um, better together. But I think also what it does is it might make us smaller people as a collective of a team, as opposed to how do we set up a recruitment process that actually looks for that difference, um, which gives adequate warning to uh, the candidate to go, hey, look, we actually, we're we actually looking for a bunch of people who are, who are different. If you tick any of these boxes, let us know, mm-hmm. not in order for us to exclude you, because that's traditionally what most organizations have done. If you're a wee bit weird, we're not interested, right? Just come and fit in. Um, but actually, how about how about you let us know about your difference? Because one of our values as an organization is people coming to be the best versions of themselves or whatever your, your, your value is. Um, and so if you tick any of these boxes, let us know. If you need any sort of accommodation in the uh, the recruitment process, Um, be it the interview, be it some sort of, um, uh, I guess, um, some working scenario that we might put you through, let us know. Um, Mm. There are some things we can change. There's some things we can't change. Or maybe even giving the the candidate a rundown of this is is the environment that the interview is going to be held in. If this is an issue in terms of you coming to be the best version of yourself, let us know and we can Mm. change some stuff. Like actually being flexible. Uh, to what a person needs. So they get to be their best um, as opposed to the interview being the test of how well people can put up with a really, really fake environment. Mm. Um, Cause that's awful because we're, and what we've also, also done, uh, Andrew is we've used how people cope in an interview process as being the measure of a person's worth and yeah. value. Um, yeah. And and it's just bollocks. Like it's it's not, and I've got I've got over 20 years in HR with a whole bunch of um processes around that employee life cycle where I had to champion these things and I had to um support you know best practice, that sort of thing, all practices that never made sense to me, um, no. that never worked for me, but they worked for everybody else. So I just and I didn't have the courage to say, look, this this is nuts. Mm. Um, but actually there's a huge proportion of the I guess working population but also workforces that those processes don't work for and we can come up with better we don't just have to go with the middle of the bell curve because the one size fits most um, is efficient we've got outliers in all our organizations um, and we need to tap into
0: them wow (laughs) that's good thank you John. huge again huge amount of uh, really a lot of wisdom and insight and Um, A couple of of things that instantly pop into my head to to riff with is probably probably played the frame around recruiting a little bit too much. But I think um, what I hear inside your conversation is this richness we we have seen. I have seen for decades this conversation around diversity. Um, And I think it's great. And I think we've had some really narrow views on that, to be perfectly honest, that are less useful, apart from political agendas, et cetera. I might step on a landmine here, but it is what it is. On the other side of it is there's this other part of uh, this D collective that hardly ever gets talked about, which is the I. And what I hear in your conversations is this whole piece around, so it's great to have these aspirations for diversity. Again, probably need to understand what that even means because yep. I think there's a lot of, you know, you're uh, championing the conversation around neurodiversity as a piece that most people get a little more nervous about, yep. although it's a really important part of diversity, as is the others. But The second half of that is, but how do we include? Mm. You know, it's great to seek diversity, but how do you include? And it's a really significant thing that I think has been largely missed. And, you know, some of the history of my world, you know, the old, in the places I come from, there was another little acronym which was used a lot, HSE, SHE, whatever you want to call it, OHS. Yep. For years, S was the king of the castle. It was all everyone talked about. There were two other letters with it, yeah. but it was always safety. Mm-hmm. Um, then environment became a little more important, so it, E became kind of important. Um, nowadays, H is starting to make a bit of a show as well, but it's taken decades yeah. for that to happen. And I think similarly with D&I, we have this DNI frame that we talk to, and largely we've spent decades looking at D pretty poorly, you know, I'm going mm-hmm. to be a little, little bit honest, and very rarely do I see anyone talk in the eye. Mm. And what you're, what I think I hear in your conversation is this whole piece around how do we do eye well and meaningfully for people? Yeah. And and it's, and it's that inclusive conversation around, hey, listen, here's a process we have. If it works for you, if it's any issues, give us a hoy. Yeah. Because we're actually actively seeking to have not only access the diversity and the gift of diversity that it can bring, but we need to be mindful of how do we engage with you in a way yeah. that's actually useful. Yeah. And as you said, it's not about wide open slather. Here are some of the boundaries we have got. Mm-hmm. But tell us about how you work inside them or not. Give us, like, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, let's have this honest conversation. And is that? Am I hearing that correctly in the frame of what? I know I'm paraphrasing in a different way. But does that? Resonation no, I think you really are. Sense. No, no, it's,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, so you've extended what I said. I think, Ad, because you go. Um the the link between you know occupational health and safety as it mm. as it as it used to be um, and diversity equity and inclusion and you know there, there's they tack we well, we take belonging onto that now as well it's all around that mm. sort of employee experience but the I guess the bridge across the two of those is around well being mm. um, mental health is a massive thing not just because of COVID um, however that sort of exacerbated uh, everything as well but if you've got um, so so and also i think um underlying all of that as well if like i try and visualize this we've got all these other diversity um categories that have been hmm. we've been trying to tackle um for decades for some of them for centuries especially around gender and around um race and ethnicities right yeah uh, and we could have we could have solved all those problems we could have done that we and we should have by now right and i just fundamentally Agreed. believe that the powers that be, those that hold the power, are people who look like you and I. And notice it's look like, but aren't mm. who we are, right? Because I think mm. there's a, a whole lot of stuff going on um, within us that makes us a bit different as well. However, those people who are as cheesily as it is, pale, stale, male, middle class, um, who um, who are from that sort of center, that big bear belly of the, the bell curve, mm. which Um, reinforces that authority for the majority, they Mm. don't want to change, right? And so we haven't solved uh, those sorts of things. However, um, and so what we've also tried to do is with the diversity and the inclusion argument is say, if we have a more diverse and inclusive um, board or executive team or even organization, then performance goes up. There's no research to suggest that that's the truth. Um, what it does do is create an opportunity for greater performance to happen through mm. um, a bit more diversity of experience and background and thinking and et cetera. But it's not a given, right? We still have to do the work. And that's what the inclusion piece is. And what I love about uh, neurodiversity is because it's not on the surface level, it's deep, it's inward, uh, it's um, it's innate, natural born Um, how the how the mind actually works and processes and experiences, everything from making your toast in the morning uh, to strategizing in the boardroom, all these sorts of like it's all encompassing. Mm. But that transcends all those other diversity, equity and inclusion categories of race, of gender, gender, of ability, of um, of preference. Um, of orientation, all those things, because everyone has a brain, but some yeah. people's brains are wired away a wee bit differently. And so, how do we tap into that? So it doesn't matter what you look like. The opportunity to have something that is amazing, like ADHD or like dyslexia, um, isn't limited from uh, background. So I yeah. think there, there's there's the financial <clears throat> imperative. If we want to put a performance uh, metric on that, like we, well, it's it's almost, excuse the pun, a no-brainer. To tap into um, neurodivergence, mm. however, um, when we go back to the actual the health and the the well being as- aspect of not including people, um, it's it's absolutely like there's a there's a huge ripple effect in terms of uh, tapping into and harnessing neurodiversity in our workplaces because. There's a huge correlation between those who are neurodivergent um, and um, issues around mental ill health, uh, issues around stress. Part of it is around um, feeling like you're not fitting in. You don't know why you're having to work so hard just to appear normal. Mm. Um, And as a result of the effort and the energy and the emotion that it takes just to get by sort of through that imposter syndrome, um, people aren't able to give their best because they're giving um, a lot of themselves just to um, keep their head above water, right? And so there's a whole lot of stress and anxiety around that. Now, also, if you couple on onto that, um, some um, I think quite telling stats. If I you know can rant for a couple of minutes on say ADHD, Please. so ADHD in the um, uh, in the US is now considered worse than the top five public health killers combined. Mm -hmm. Um, So obesity, uh, diabetes, uh, increased uh, cholesterol, smoking, uh, cardiac disease, all of those um, lessen life expectancy by between one and six and a half years. Right. And if you Mm -hmm. add all of those up, it adds up to 12 years, um, according to some research sort of uh, a couple of years ago. Now, it's now regarded that if you're born with ADHD in the US, your life expectancy for a third of people born with ADHD is reduced by about 13 years, which is (coughs) huge. But then the other two thirds uh, apparently have their life expectancy reduced by up to 21 years. Now, this is something that you're born with. Um, And so you get almost a quarter of a century taken off Um, your life potentially just by being born with something that has always been around. It's not. And the reason for that is because we, you know, we're greater risk takers. So we're at greater risk of uh, accidental injury or death, but also we're overrepresented in uh, falling through the cracks in education um, and employment, uh, overrepresented in the justice and the prison systems. And also we have, uh, we are well overrepresented in suicide stats. As well, and the suicide stats mm. tend to be representative of the fact that we struggle uh, to get by in a world that's not designed for minds like mine, and that so that the being able to fit in, to have my own mental health and well-being at work, and be accepted for who I am, and to also give the things that come naturally to me is a big deal in terms mm-hmm. of. Um, people's well-being. And the ripple effect of that on on teams uh, is huge as well. on leaders who are neurodiverse, um who their teams don't get. So there's a whole lot of avenues and reasons you know why this sort of thing's um, are important because the because well-being plays into um, and health, plays into people's performance, right? Absolutely. And if we don't feel like we can <clears throat> give and be who we are naturally um, at work, we're using up a whole lot more energy inside and outside of work um, just to to almost fake it until we never make it because that doesn't become uh, the reality. So I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I'm just kind of <laughs> riffing on that, the fact That's good. that... We're looking um, at including people, but we don't know how or, or what needs to be included. And actually, what it does is it comes back to exactly what we're doing here. A one-on-one conversation between mm-hmm. um, the person, whoever that is, and the person whose job it is to help that person, to enable that person to be their best, most commonly, their manager or their leader.
0: I'd even say... conversation. Yeah, so I like the better word, you know, for helping people be their best I kind of think is uh, is part of the problem we have in organisations.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I want you to be your best, and I go, yeah, you've kind of lost me there. If you want to help me be better, I'm interested. Mm. Yeah. Um, because it's, a, it's that piece of ongoing. Best is a ceiling, it's a place, it's a destination, it's finished, and largely it's unattainable for most people because our best expectation is not quite, Actually, might be best for you Mm -hmm. versus going on a joint conversation or a joint journey around what's better look like. Yeah, yeah. You know, so let's talk about what better looks like. What do you need to be more effective and able? What does that mean? The conversation is the heart of it. Um, It is. It's that you know. It's all these words that I think have become a little too popular, but at their heart, they're still amazing words. Things like curiosity. You know and I'm really curious. then no, just ask the question you want to ask. You're not terribly curious at all. But if you are truly curious, mm-hmm. that's fascinating, you know so yeah. know so when you're working with people and it's if you are truly curious, and because curiosity allows space for the other person to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we often use the word curious as a way of saying, I'm about to give you my opinion, but I'm trying to couch it in a nice frame, yeah. that makes you feel a little bit more warm and fuzzy. but you know get get ready for the dagger. Well um, that's
1: right. We say we say, well, I'm really curious what actually which actually is interpreted as I don't agree. And yes.
0: <laughs> yes, here's a dagger, you know, versus going, you know, I'm curious. Tell me more about that. I'm really keen to understand and learn because I know I don't know. It's a place of I'm safe with that. And it's a fascinating piece. And well, the rant actually,
1: no, it's it's real so this is fascinating because Um, One of the things that I love to do with the teams I work with is is to get to stupid. Um, Mm. Often what's holding people out back is um, the fear of looking stupid, of, you you know, saying something so you look like a dick, or the dumb idea, because what we want is for our idea to be the one that everybody else latches onto and go, this is perfect, right? And that seems to... Um, cement our place in the team and and, you know being the person with the great ideas but everyone has stupid ideas everyone has dumb questions get them out of the way because the thing is if you've got people who still leave that meeting who leave that workshop or that session or whatever it is with that stupid question in mind that's going to hold them back right and not let them get on board so Asking things like, what's the dumbest thing we can do? What's the worst thing we could possibly do? And starting with a really bad idea, not only gets the bad ideas out of the way, but it's from the bad ideas and the stupid questions that the best Mm. questions and the better ideas come from. Mm. Because no one has the perfect idea to start with. And like, if, if if we're sitting around a table we need everybody to tear the idea apart, but not tear each other apart. And so how do mm. we do that? Sort of there's a there's a trust element that's in I'm that. Sorry, also, like... the person to ask a <clears throat> dumb question and for everyone else, for well, not everybody, but sometimes lots of people to go, I'm glad that was you, um, because I've been wanting to ask that as well. Like to get rid of that in our teams, that fear of looking mm. stupid, where we actually celebrate and go... Um, you know, Alex um or um or Julie asked the dumbest question this week and here's a here's a prize for that because it's the dumb getting the dumb questions out of the way is is the thing that holds a lot of a lot of teams back. And yeah. that's how we get to better. You know, it's about Absolutely. making making better together as opposed to um, and I guess this reinforces your your earlier point, trying to be best all the time. Mm.
0: Because no one's there. No, no one is, and that's the, the thing we kid ourselves, and organisations kid themselves, and yeah, organisations nothing more than a lump of people. But they kid themselves about wanting to be best in class, or best in the world, yeah. or best best practice. Is one of my particular people who know who know me, you know, a yeah. cringe. It's like, why do you want to be best? It's such a shallow outcome. Well, why would you not want to be better? No, yeah. oh, it does, and competitions. Um, it's a less useful frame mm. when, you know, um, again, Simon's cynical piece, I think he did well in his, well, yes, <laughs> well done, Simon, you know, Andrew said you did well. But, um, you know, his latest book, The Infinite Game, where he talks about competition being, in my paraphrase, useless and dead, versus having worthy rivals, people that we can aspire with and to. Yeah. Who does it so well? You go, man, I that's something I can learn from. Yeah. Not beat, learn from. Yep. It's about better not mm-hmm. best. Mm-hmm. Um, and in teams, and we think about the the frame of this podcast, Better People, Better Business, it's about better people isn't just about um, getting the best people. It's about, as you said, exploring the people you have or the people you may have or mm-hmm. who are coming and understanding the whole person as much as able. And yeah. that's the richness. And I loved much earlier you talked about not going there, gives you a small team. Going there gives you a much bigger, mm. more expansive, more open team, and it's it's not necessarily about having, because there's also this other piece for years, and you touched on it beautifully, where if we have more diversity, we'll make more money and we'll be better, okay? You ah, or you'll just really drive yourselves nuts and break mm. because just having diversity isn't the key what, for better. What,
1: yeah, or you'll blow your credibility because you're just you're <coughs> taking a tokenistic approach to, oh, we need more of um, people from X category um, yes. to put into our annual report or to tick particular boxes. And those people don't feel valued. They know they're tokenistic. Um, yep. um, and that's not kind. No, and no. also there's the, um, hmm. oh, you alluded to it before, Andrew, around um, is, isn't that, a definition, possibly um, a better definition of leadership is it's your job to help your people, whoever they are, however many they are, wherever they are, uh, to be better, um, whether that's better, better humans, um, better at their work. Like, what do you need to do to help people be Better, um, as opposed to, you know, the best version of themselves, which is what I i said before, but I like your take on it. Um, what's the stuff we need to do? What, how can I help you today uh be better? Like we'll get to best sometime, maybe. Um, but let's just work on better. I what hope, do I need I, to
0: do? I hope not. <laughs> and I and I mean that really honestly. I hope no one gets to best. Because and I have this, this is just the way my brain works, which is best is a ceiling. Because mm. once you're there, we're done. Work's yeah. done, eh? And I can't kind of think the human experience is the work is never done. Um, well,
1: well, best best here um isn't isn't best somewhere else, right? And so we can strive to be be better right, better. right here and we get yep. to best, and then it's time to move on, right? Um, yeah. and that's good. Like if you I'll, either, I'll, God, I'll just...
0: always hold that divergent tension with it, <laughs> 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 Which is a piece around I just I have I've largely removed best from my vocabulary um, because I just don't think it's helpful. Nice. And I think it's a limit to people when people are just amazing and have so much potential and so much possibility inside of them, which is what you're talking about as well with this understanding, taking the time to appreciate and understand neurodiversity, neurodivergence a bit more. And it's not, it's not to be you know, a good corporate wanker. It, it's meaningful understanding. So that you can go, okay. Well, who in my world? How about maybe even me? Yeah. Because as you said, there's a whole. You know, what's the percentage of people who are yet, eighty percent un- undiagnosed? Yeah, you know, and I, I think there's a lot of people possibly listening who going to go, hmm, yeah, I may be one of those eighty percent. And and cool if you are, and cool if you're not. It's that's not the point. The point is 100%, exploring yeah. and understanding, and and then unlocking. If if you want to have a business that is continually on the path of better it is all about your people mm. and It is all about taking your people on the path of better and i love what you just said about you know the leader's work is um, you know we talk about this i want to help bring the best version of you and i kind of go and well, i just want to help you continue to be a better version of you
2: yeah
0: nice. that's that's the nice journey piece which is and it also allows people um because best we seem to put in boxes and better mm-hmm. we seem to have a slightly more open view of better. Yep. Um, and there's aspects. And I think there is this world, COVID amplified it. We called this out the amplification earlier of mental health and lots of other pieces. Um, but it also amplified the awareness that life is full of all sorts of different things. Yeah. Um, and work is just one of those pieces.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, yeah, in and in, in work you can't ignore the other elements that sit around that, and everyone's got different frames of what the other elements are. But, you know, in work, you can't ignore someone's spirituality, their physical side, there. the different pieces of who they are that all yeah. form the unique and wonderful blend that's you. Yep. Um, and a blend that, it's almost like the old pot, it keeps stirring because life doesn't sit still for terribly no, long. not at all. Um, the old, old all. big gold cauldron named Callum or named Andrew or named Mary or named Fred is constantly being stirred. Yeah. Um, so much stuff going on, um, yeah. which is why I think, uh, again, like I said, I'm just biased and I'll, I'll stop banging on about it, but it is that better aspect Yeah. yeah. because it's allowing you to, to understand what better means in the context of now and tomorrow.
1: I love that. I absolutely love that. And at, at the risk of sounding like I'm taking the piss at what you said earlier, I'm really curious about that too because <laughs> um, because and that's why I, I refer to my online um, community as ADHD positive mm. uh, because it's how do we how do we take a not only you know tick the box you've been assessed you've got it um, diagnosed mm. with it but also how do we have a positive mindset around uh, the potential. Yep. For how we can be better because of, not just with or despite, but because of our uh, ADHD, yep. and that's, and I get I get backlash um, weekly from um, other sort of ADHD advocates, um, people who are sort of um, dyslexic mm. advocates, um, because what I'm because they say what I tend to do is um minimize the struggle and the frustration and you know the disability that um these these things have on people and and I don't downplay that. Like I, I struggle with those things every day. They're real, they're a hundred percent real. Um, however, they're about the system and they're about the way things are are set up that I struggle with. They're not about me. I am not broken. I'm not the problem. Um, and I have heaps of potential to be mm-hmm. better uh, every, every day. And that that takes um, my mindset because what I refuse to do is buy into this is a problem. And we've been held back in our organizations and an education system. and, and needs to be fixed. So we need to be fixed, but also you should listen to us, which is exactly what all those other diversity, equity, and inclusion categories have have tried to do. And that hasn't worked by pitting them against us. I don't want to do that. It's not Mm. about going, oh, all you neurotypicals, you've got a thing to learn because us neurodivergent people look out because we're here to take over. No, we're not. We can't survive (laughs) without everybody there. And it's about how do we learn and feed off each other so the collective is better. It's not about... Neurodivergent people are better than neurotypicals. We suck at lots of things, um, but we can. As to
0: neurotypicals,
1: hundred percent, everybody yeah. does right, and everybody yep. has the opportunity and potential potential to be uh, except, exceptional at some things. Yeah. Um, so let's just harness all of that. That is what better people, better businesses. Yeah, um, it's, spot on. It's how do we make the collective work? And that's the in, the inclusion part. And yes. I think it just purely comes down to. What, what do you need to be better, which is, you know, what you've just talked about. You didn't need to have me on this podcast, Andrew. You answered the question yourself. What, just asking the question, what do you need to be better today?
0: Yeah, and I, I definitely did need you on this podcast. <laughs> I, I, the, problem, the thing I didn't say was uh, at the start for people is, you know, I've made Callum for a few years now and I, I love the way he thinks um, and I love the way he helps me, and I've seen him do it with others too, broaden their thinking and expansiveness. Um, and you do. And that's part of why this conversation is so cool. Um, and, and when I think about this in a really pragmatic sense, um, and I love the, sorry, the pragmatic part of me is kind of wrestling with this neurodiverse and neurotypical. And I, and I get the framing, and I know how that can be useful, mm-hmm. but I also kind of go, there's no such thing as neurotypical, you know, everybody has a... neurodiverse,
2: that. yeah. Yeah, and I can't no get this. No one has the same brain.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and everyone, because so, it's experiential, it's like you said, it's how you made, you know, stuff that's happened, What's has your brain wired, mm-hmm. um, what's happened to you, and let's be honest, in the back of the mess that's just happened with COVID, yeah. if, if you haven't had a piece of rewiring done, you're probably the exception. Yeah. Um, I think everybody's had a level of rewiring done mm-hmm. at some level or some shape, consciously or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a really interesting. Um, I love that it's that whole neuro, you know, diverse and um, how you hold the flame up mm-hmm. in a positive way, in the sense of ADHD positive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's the affirmation of the potential. Yeah. Um, not yeah. And, and not trying to dismiss any of the challenge or complexity that happens. Not at all. And and how do we collectively work toward what's better look like? Mm. Um, and I know myself in teams that I've had the opportunity to lead and run, and I'm sure the same with you. You know, I it may be... Maybe I'm a little bit weird and happily proudly so, but there's you a piece are. of Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, brother. <laughs> um and I'm happy to embrace that's that. Good one. weird though. Like weird yeah. isn't bad. No, it's great. And I love I you know, I always seem to find folk who are just a little bit different, yeah. think a bit differently. And it's amazing how they come up with we collectively, but they particularly, when you give them the space they need, the genius they can bring to the table that I I can't. Yeah. And and that's the neurodiversity in the sweeping sense where having a team of people who are who think differently and again i again i love it sits above and beyond a lot of the other more politically yeah. aligned diversity targets mm-hmm. neurodiversity sits across it all mm-hmm. it's it is completely agnostic to who you are where you've come from or well, it doesn't care it just is um, it's a right. pretty amazing piece and some great reflection in that. The um, so other bit, I'm going to come back to this because I loved it. Ah, I love the frame when you work with things around, hey, let's get to stupid. Um, you know, there's this piece around which almost flies directly in the face of some of the things that we hear regularly Around there's no such thing as a stupid question. Yeah. I can see a at the front going, bring it out, uh-huh. you know, because because the other thing, unless you get what you may think is a stupid question may be the key that unlocks a series of conversation that leads to a cracking solution.
1: And I think that's the thing. Everyone has a different idea of what stupid is. Like you might have a genius idea, but you think it's stupid. Yeah. Because you're 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 um you're comparing yourself against past experience with these people, but also what they're doing in the room uh, at the time. So you really, really yeah. kindly before just said um, you love having conversations with me because I help you to think differently. That's exactly mm. what you do to me, Andrew. Mm. Right, and so there's no better in this. We become better by having. Uh, the conversations and getting some stuff out. You say I help you think differently. Well, you help me think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't probably can't explain necessarily um, the difference between uh, the impact you have on me and the impact I have on you. And actually, it doesn't matter because as it long as we matter. go away going, that was good, and I feel better,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, I, and, I, and I've learned something, and I think a bit, I've, I've I've grown. Mm. Inside of that, or to use a different word, I've become a bit better.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, because my understanding, my awareness, my consideration, my thoughtfulness, my understanding and meaning—it's shifted a touch. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I, you know, there are people we have conversations with, and you're one of them who you go, "Oh, geez, phew. that was more of the paradigm shift stuff." You know? right. "That's really interesting." Mm-hmm. But but in in a way, the more diverse we can have the workforce, the more engaging we can be with that yeah. diverse workforce and again, I'm using this as yeah. big a umbrella as I can, the more we as humans will continue to get better
2: yeah,
0: and teams right. will get In- better and businesses and lives will get better. I mean, yeah. the, the subtle piece around better, better business is better life. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should right. put that little bracket at the end, but if we can help, I think business has this beautiful, beautiful mandate, and I think it is a mandate and expectation of, um, helping people be better. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's sometimes in business, organizations, which are people, I think more than a lump of people, mm-hmm. the leaders in the business are focusing on the wrong things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much about, and I, I know my team recently gave me a kick up the backside um, around a conversation we are having where they sort of said, hang on a minute, no, we, we're focusing on this, but I thought, Yeah! Wow. Cheers. Thank Mm. you for being so honest and transparent and stepping into the face this way. It's yeah. Let's realign. Let's get this conversation more transparent and it's powerful. Um, And and the workplace
1: is the perfect sort of petri dish for for change. We often think that you know societal change starts at home. No, it doesn't. I think generational change starts at home, but I think societal change starts in the workplace. It's a perfect place for us to test things out around. Or how do we? What does better look like? How do we? Um, how do we enact in that? Because we can talk about better till the cows come home. But actually, what are we going to do as a result of this conversation? You've shifted mm. my thinking. What am I going to do? Like, what's my action uh, in that? And that's that's what the impact is. What are, as as a as a result of learning this new stuff together? What are we going to do as a as a group of of people trying to do this? How does that impact how we yeah. be together? What we do? Um, what we how we discuss things, how we disagree—all um, these things.
0: It's, it's absolutely, it's you know, to use it, one of one of my sort of uh, leadership heroes, Patrick Wansleyoni, uh-huh. five dysfunctions of a team. You know, the base pillar is trust, and the next level is meaningful conflict. Yeah, yeah, um, and you can't have meaningful conflict without trust, no. but you'll never have commitment unless you have trust meaningful, and meaningful conflict. That's right. And, and meaningful conflict isn't about, you know, is is all about having uh, having those discussions and disagreements and thrashing it out. And I think the more broad the thinking can be in that conversation, the better yeah. the outcome will be. Well, it's
2: um,
1: having really good debate about the thing we're talking about as opposed to um, personal conflict or attacking each other. Um, yeah, which was, is which is a you know, I, I don't know if it's as as bad in Australia as it is in New Zealand. I, I think we're the most passive aggressive nation on the planet. And we're we giving you we're
0: we giving a nudge. We're giving oh, you yeah. a good nudge, I reckon. All right. Think well maybe we can worked, compete on that. Yeah, we're we'll passive aggressive yeah. Olympics. <laughs> yeah, which isn't terribly <laughs> helpful, is it? It's not something not a competition you want to win. Oh, yeah. Um but there is that, you're right. And, and I love that earlier you said it's about tearing apart the idea, not the persons. Yeah. You know the people that are in that space, and um the one thing I will. Sorry, sorry, sorry if I can I jump in there? Please. So,
1: it's like having having that debate, having that conflict, um, and coming back to your 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 strapline of better people, better business, is around how do we have really good conflict so we leave this meeting better together, yep. um, with an, a better formed idea, with uh some agreement and no amb- ambiguity as to what we yep. just discussed and agreed to with commitment, with a plan, with um, knowing
0: your capabilities. Great. And that's, like I said, I love, I'm a a bit of a tragic on the Lenciani stuff and it's just one of those timeless truths. For those who haven't seen it, Go and Google five dysfunctions of a team. It's worth having yep. a look at. It makes a lot of sense. However, all those
1: models, including uh, the five dysfunctions of a team, they never talk about how do we build trust, right? They never give you the answer to that. And you'll this, this might resonate um, with you. What I always say is that underneath that, then the the sixth layer, the foundational layer there, is showing kindness towards each other. That's mm-hmm. what the catalyst ethos is. It's yep. around how do we serve each other? How do we be better? um together because um un being unkind erodes trust. Being kind builds trust.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and it takes a lot less unkindness to erode trust than it does um acts of kindness to build that trust. But being kind is so easy
0: and we forget it in business. It is, it is um Yes, and and kindness and this is again one of our favourite places that we've come to. Kindness is also hard; it isn't all just soft. Oh yeah. So and that's the thing I think. Yeah. So it is it is it is work that is worth doing, mm-hmm. and sometimes it is hard work. Yeah. And I don't mean it's hard to be kind, but yeah. kindness can be hard. Yeah, definitely. Um, there is a whole piece, and uh, I know I I won't bang on about it now. But in my um in my book that I wrote. Please that. Yeah, no, what's it called, cool, really, Andrew? I don't really plug it. Um, correct a shift, but there is a chapter there around kindness. Mm. And it's probably, I think it is my favorite chapter um because it 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 was, yeah. Look, I don't I don't think I write it. I just happen to be the person that brought the message forward. But it's this piece that talks about the aspects of kindness. It's not a form of word, it's not nice, it's not soft, it's not easy. Okay. Um, and people often mix nice and kind together. Uh, it's not. And I go, oh, please stop. Um, because kind mm-hmm. is is absolutely amazing and hard. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, no, I won't. But yes, I agree with you well, fully. Absolutely. Like exiting
1: people from the business could be the kindest thing you can do. Absolutely. It's how you do that as well, right? Yep. So that everybody uh, ends up being better through that process. Yep,
0: fully um, agree. Spot yep. on. That's just been amazing, and I, I'll. I'll um, the one thing I will say, which, and I'll ask you a question in a second. I'll, you know, let people get on with their day, and hopefully, we've added some value to them. But I know we have. Having calendar is always adding value. Um, yeah, one of the things I do talk about, which, which is probably another conversation for another day, around I see people as beautiful and broken simultaneously. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us sit in that space of. Um, both beautiful and broken, and, mm. and neither, but both. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if you can come from that place of realizing that that's you too, not everyone. It's everyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How do I how do I engage in a world that looks like that, where everybody's got it both both beautiful and broken at the same time? Mm. And uh, you yeah, know, I'll keep doing this, but it's that simultaneous piece. And you know, well, how is how do I think about a kindness aspect of that, and how do I think about that in the sense of better people and the fact that this, yeah. that we are collectively, we are neurodiverse
2: mm-hmm.
0: and there are obviously very specific elements as Callum shared with us, which are the more, um, uh, the, the, the way, way the world, world, is, world is chosen. chosen than others. Yeah. yeah, and the way the world is chosen to create that divergence. Yeah, um, And yet, <laughs> you know, sometimes I think it's uh the folk who may sit, as you talk about, on the other end of the curve are the obvious ones—the um, ones who aren't um, sometimes a really little blind to the potential or possibilities or the, or the challenge of.
2: Yeah.
0: Equally so. Um, so, one question, last sort of the last question of, you know, if there's one thing you could offer everyone, just to kind of go, hey, as you go out in your day to day, here's a thought that will help you stand instead as you move forward today and this week. Is there any one thought or a little collective thought that you might have that might
1: be useful to people? Wow. No. Um,
0: and no, I, I didn't, didn't warn Callum, so sorry. Callum. No,
1: um, I wish I wish you did. No, if if you had given me some warning, Andrew, I would have <laughs> overthought this and fretted and nothing would be good enough. So the first thing that comes to mind for me is that, uh, and I think this speaks to what you were just um, just talking about because I think it's around... Uh, it's not necessarily showing vulnerability, but it's showing your uh, your true self. That, like a, a, a leader, that expects other people to be, you know, their their whole self, their true self, whoever they are at work, um, needs to do that themselves. My guidance around that is: uh, you're not your past, but you have um, full right and responsibility and opportunity to create your future. Right. So a lot of a lot of us are walking around. Um, thinking that what got us to here is all will ever be, um, and regardless of age, regardless of career, role, status, anything at all, the opportunity to be better is is uh, inside you, and it just takes it takes one little thing. Like what is what is that one thing that you could even just think about? Don't have to do anything, but what's the one thing you could do today yeah. to visualize what um, a better version of you with whoever you want, even if it's just with yourself? What does that What does that look like? Because I think that's um, you know, when parents used to say you can be anything you want, eh,
2: yeah. not necessarily
1: <laughs> true, right? Um, yeah. However, it's a hell of a lot more true than it is not true, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, I've got lots of, I've got lots of hang-ups about my past. I've got lots of uh, things that I hid for forever, and um, the, and still working with those things as well, working on them as well. But uh, those things helped me to get to here, but they are not the things that I necessarily have to take into the future, um, because I get to choose all of that, and we mm. we all do. And mm. so um maybe the question is, um, what do you choose? Who do you choose uh, to be today? Um, in this this week. I think Beautiful. Really good, really good it's
0: questions to ponder. Cracking question. If people want to find out a bit more about you and your stuff, so now you've also got some book or two out there. Yeah. Um, where can they find out about Callum? Because it is like I suspect people are going, gee, I'd like to know a bit more about Ms. Callum, what he thinks?
1: Lovely. I'd love anybody to, to um, hit me up. Um, LinkedIn is always uh, really easy. I'm, I'm always uh, on there. Um, so you can find me, Callum McCurdy, on LinkedIn or go to my website, callummccurdy.com. Um, yeah. Simple as uh, that. Yeah, all roads sort of um, lead to there. And I run a, um, a bunch of sort of group coaching uh, programs and series of webinars and building this sort of online community around ADHD Uh, positive Mm. as well and um yeah so uh i would love to chat to anybody about that sort of thing if you're interested
0: and we'll put we'll put um for those listening for those watching we'll put that in the in the show notes i think that's the right word i'm supposed to use um so people can click a link and go and find out a bit more about callum and he is a cracking individual and callum it's been an absolute delight um to be able to talk with you there's so much more we could talk about so yeah. much more. Um, and for people do who... do it sometime, you know? Yeah, Yes, next. We'll do the next piece. Yeah. And for people who want to go and hear a bit more of the wisdom of this man, we will look to, we'll put these links in the notes and go and have a listen, go and have a look, and please connect and have a conversation. I think having someone like Callum being able to help your organisation, your business, will add a part of this Better People, Better Business to your portfolio and your potential. And I think that's the word that keep kept echoing as you're talking mm. was this the, the latent potential, the potential piece that is yeah. is less explored when we don't go here. So yeah. um thank you, Mr. McCurdy. Thank absolute you. Absolute delight.
1: Oh, it has been a delight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um love chatting with you and thanks so much for the opportunity. Um if I can connect with any of your listeners or even help you Andrew, any anytime
0: hit me up. Cheers. Thanks, Callum, and uh, thanks, everyone. Have a cracking day, cracking week, cracking month, and uh, as always, reach out if you need, have a conversation. We're always here to, to help you do better people, better business.